been looking for a home in this neighborhood, and nothing that fits our needs seems to be available. Then our realtor told us about the FHA 203K program, where we can find a smaller room and use that program to add another room and remodel the home all in the same loan. The same loan we used to purchase the home. What a great idea. What a great idea. I'm so glad to be with you today. Talking to you right from our offices in Las Vegas, Nevada. Welcome to Love My Renovation Project, where we discuss all things regarding renovation, whether it's either with a 203K by FHA or the Home Style or even the vet, uh, Veterans Administration, the VA loan. VA now has a renovation loan. There's about six other renovation products out there. We deal with all of them, and we appreciate you tuning in. Your teacher, fireman, policeman, prison guard, maybe EMT. If you're looking for a house, go to the HUD foreclosures and get yourself an agent that understands that site and buy one of those houses. You can get 50% discount. So if it's listed at... $300,000, you could bid $300,000 plus pocket change, let's say $300,010. Uh, don't get crazy because whatever you have pay, you bid over their asking price, you have to come up with in cash. And then when you go to pay, you flash your badge, show them your credentials, and you'll get a 50% discount. So if you're a teacher next door, or a fireman, plot policeman, EMT, you can get that 50% discount. And that money's your money, provided you live in that house for three years. That's your intent. You have to intend to live in that house for three years. If your company moves you or if you get a job that takes you out of the area, then likely you'll be able to keep that house and buy another FHA house. So, but sometimes... Uh, Somebody will get into a FHA 203K or partway through the renovation project, and they find themselves between a rock and a hard place. It seems like nobody's there to help them anymore when everybody was trying to help them at first. So if you find yourself in that place, go to 203K911.com and let us know what your issues are, and we can probably help you. Uh, we've seen about everything go wrong that could go wrong with a 203K since in the last 25 years, we've seen lots and lots of issues. Um, when I started that site, I thought it was going to be a real moneymaker because of all the problems people talk about, but there just aren't that many problems. Believe it or not, there aren't that many. And when I started getting the first calls, um, most, I would say 99% of the calls we got and are getting, I can solve over the phone in just a few minutes, uh, give you some place to go, something to think about, and we help everybody or anybody in the transaction. So if you're a new consultant just getting started and you run across a problem, feel free to give us a call or go into 203K911, explain the issues, and we'll give you some ideas that uh, probably help you out. If you're a homeowner and everybody seems to have gone away, your consultant is not your advocate. He's not. He doesn't work for you anymore. Once he did the scope of work, that ended his 
work for you after that. He works for the lender. He's your draw inspector. And he doesn't see the project every day. I actually had a guy who was so angry at me. And I said, Why are, where's this anger coming from? Why, what's the matter? And he said, that contractor hasn't shown up to work for three months, and you haven't called him yet. And I said, you know, until this very moment, the first I even knew he didn't show up. How in the world would I know if you didn't tell me? So the homeowner, you've got to realize that you have some responsibility. You're there every day. And if you're not, you're foolish. Okay, so you're there every day. If you don't see the contractor there every day, say something. If you want me to say something about it or your consultant to say something, you've got to let them know. Because their job is to come out approximately every 30 days and look at the progress and make it authorize the lender to make a check. <coughs> Excuse me. Anyway, um, so you've got to be careful there and realize that you're the boss. You're the lender's boss. You're the consultant's boss. You're the, the inspector's boss, though, is the lender. So if you don't get a draw every 30 days, shame on you. But we're not babysitting you. A consultant doesn't call over there once in a while. Some of them may. But uh, they don't typically call you in 30 days and say, hey, you got to have an inspection. Just to hear you say, well, they haven't worked out here for 30 days. Why not? You know, you sign a piece of paper, and that's what I like about the HUD documents. Most of the HUD documents are very clearly written. The problem is they don't write to the contractor. Okay, your homeowner contractor agreement does. And it says that once he starts the work, he's got to be on that job every day thereafter until the job's finished. So if he doesn't show up, we have no way of knowing. In 30 days, if we should call you or the lender should call and say, hey, go do an inspection, we lender can call for that draw inspection just to see if there's any progress. Um, I've been out there and seen a whole bunch of progress from time to time that wasn't our scope of work. The day the contractor first arrived to start the work, the homeowner said, no, we're not going to use that scope of work. I got a new idea. Uh, we'll do this, that, and the other thing, and the contractor's foolish enough to start that. That's ridiculous. What we've done in our contract is our scope of work. We put in line item 35 that has uh, eight or nine stipulations, uh, rules. The contractor signs just below those acknowledging that he cannot make any changes in the scope of work without prior written knowledge of the lender and the consultant. You can't just change the scope of work. It's not in your uh, it's not in your ability to change that scope of work. So don't do it. It's not a good idea. It's not the way to go. It's not the way to make your lender or your consultant or inspector happy. So the consultant may direct you to a contractor suitable for your project. I know some people don't like to do that. HUD suggests that the lender cannot do that, and the consultant should not do that. But sometimes the homeowner doesn't do a renovation project every day. And believe it or not, we typically do. A consultant does quite a few in comparison to a homeowner who only does one every 20 years or something like that, unless you're a flipper. If you're a flipper, the home style by Fannie Mae is the way to go. If you're flipping one house at a time and paying all cash, why not pay 25% down, get a, one of these home style loans, have a consultant there to back you up and get your bids in there, and do four flips at a time instead of one. 
do three at a time instead of one. But be an investor if you're going to be one and start flipping houses more than one. I met a young man that had 17 flippers. He had 17 projects under control, and he did it con under construction. <laughs> I don't know if he had them under control always, but anyway, uh, quite a young man. He was doing a, a 203K, and two doors down there was a vacant lot. He ended up buying that vacant lot and finishing that house before his 203K was finished, just from some of the bureaucracy and paperwork that had to be in a 203K, which I found was interesting. So, but he had this contractor working on the house, his house and the one two doors down. But if you've got a topic you'd like to talk to us about, feel free to call us. Get on the show here at 888-627-6008. We'll be taking calls at uh, 1.15 Pacific Standard Time. It's about uh, seven minutes away. So if you want to be there, give us a call. We'll get you on the air, and you can tell us about your project. If you're a consultant or a homeowner, tell us about your experiences, good or bad. You know, we, we can handle it. Uh, if you do have, if you're just getting into the 203K as a realtor, not like uh, my engineer just said, a realtor, there is no such thing as a realtor. There is a realtor. Uh, I, I love to razz him about that. I hope you're listening, Doug. <laughs> anyway, um, so let's let's get in there again. If you want to be on the air today, call us at 888-627-6008 and be part of the show. Uh, why would a home inspector want to be a 203K consultant? Why would you want to add that to your resume? Well, I was a, order, uh, a home inspector for about 30 years plus when I heard about the FHA 203K construction loan guarantee program in 1994. I was so enamored with the product that I I had to be involved. I had bought and sold over 300 buildings at that point, uh, many of them for renovation, and, and I kept them as rentals. Uh, I had well over 300 rentals. That was a daily task, just getting together with my handyman. And he'd go in one direction, make repairs, not go in another one, but... Uh, Anyway, um, let's start with what an inspector typically does. A home inspector will will walk through the house and identify things that are really good and things that are really bad and things that are in between. If it's acceptable, that's average. If it's not acceptable, it's something that needs to be repaired. So he might go through there and say there's numerous holes in the drywall. Well, a consultant has to identify how much is it going to take to fix those holes. So a home inspector typically, except Florida that I know of, uh, is not allowed to put prices, not to give you an estimate. Uh, Florida has seen fit to make you do an estimate, and that's great because it made you more like a consultant. So as the consultant walks through and inspects and sees all this drywall, he's got to come up with some square footages and say how much is it going to cost to fix that. That way, the homeowner gets a bid from the consultant independent of their contractor's bid. Independent. That means they're not going to be influenced by a contractor's bid. Now, why is that important? Well, I was brought in after the fact on one. These people had already signed a contract with the contractor to fix their house and do a room addition 
uh, take off an illegal addition in the back of the house and put on a new addition in the front of the house. And they had a bid for $188,000. Well, we can work it that way, but it's not the best utilization of your consultant. You want that independent bid ahead of your contractor's bid so you will know what to expect. Well, I bid that project every which way but loose, and I couldn't come up with more than $88,000. I just said, it's just not there. I just don't see where this guy has it. So I called that contractor, and I said, I know you've got a bid in here, but we're canceling it. He said, well, i got a signed contract. I said, you got any money in your hand? No. I said, then you don't have a contract. Only when money changes hands do you have a contract. So anyway, he said, well, I want to get paid for the permits that I purchased. So we agreed to pay him for the permits out of escrow. <coughs> and he went his merry way. But the second contractor's bid is what really got me. The second contractor's bid was $87,000. First contractor's $188,000. I couldn't see over $88,000. So the new contractor was $87,000. So the first contractor was actually way out of line. I mean, way out of line. He was trying to get to the homeowners who were, uh, he was Hispanic, they were Hispanic. They thought by doing that they would get a good deal. Um, that's a shame. Uh, contractors typically can take advantage of unknowing, unsuspecting people, and that's why consultants exist. Thanks to that fact alone, consultants exist. Over the years, I've had several contractors tell me, why do you have that on your website? Know the cost of your project prior to getting your contractor's bid. Why do you put that on your website? I said, that's what we're supposed to do. We're going to bid this job at a fair price. You're going to bid it. It's okay if you come in higher than us. The contractor's bid might be very well be higher than our bid, but our bid's a fair bid. So he might be 5% higher, and that would still be a good bid. His overhead might be higher than the other contractor. So you, you never know. But whatever the case may be, you need to uh, realize that you have somebody watching your back. And as long as you have somebody watching your back, you're going to come out on top. So that's what a construction consultant does differently. Where the homeowner or the uh, home inspector might say there's three broken windows in the house that need to be repaired for safety, the consultant might say there's three three-foot by four-foot dual-pane windows with the glass broken out and then provide an estimate to repair or replace them. So it's more important to know to me to know how much damage is there, or just as important anyway, not to just get a home inspection that uh, supposedly kills the deal. Home inspectors, by the way, do not ever kill the deal. Uh, they don't, they just don't. The house might not be worth the money you're asking for it, but homeowners, sellers, if you've got a fixer and you're selling it, get a consultant out there. Get him to give you a bid on repairs so when your low ball offer comes in from your uh, investor that's got all cash and he comes in and gives you uh, analyzes you with all that cash uh, you can say well wait a minute guy by holding out for a two or three K buyer I'll make $50,000 and they'll close 
take two weeks longer to close than you're closing. So you can close in three days, but they can close in three weeks. So that's a lot of pay, 50000 bucks in three weeks. I think I'll wait for the FHA buyer. So anyway, uh, if you want to be part of the show today, call us at 888-627-6008. Uh, we'll be right back after this short break, so stay tuned. We love our neighborhood, and schools here are great for the kids. But our family has outgrown our home due to the new baby on the way. Then we heard about the FHA 203K program, where we can add a room or two to our home and refinance the existing loan, all in one low-interest 30-year loan. What a great idea! question you didn't do it right so use it as a teaching guide um, 
but a consultant is a misunderstood but crucial part of your renovation team. Uh, I got an interesting call not too long ago from a client. They had done lots and lots of 203Ks with me over the years. They wanted to know if I had a list of contractors in the area of their new home. I said, why in the world would you want that? I don't like to give out my contractor list. One, I can't keep track of their their volume, and I don't know when they're busy and when they're not busy when other people are using them. So I want them there when I'm ready to use them for sure. Anyway, I asked why they needed and they informed me that they're having trouble finding a contractor to bid their project and have been trying for over two months now. Everyone was busy in the Napa area due to the fires. Frankly, that question surprised me. Is that's what we do for a living, is we bid jobs. I bid for a couple of contractors daily that don't even know how to put a bid in writing. They typically walk through a house and try and fix this house for $82,000. And and that's the way a lot of contractors are. They don't. One of my favorite contractors of all times was illiterate. He couldn't write a bid up to, to put your eye. But he hired people and got them to use Xactimate. He paid for their, that course is like $800 or $900. And he sent five or six people through it. Um, so his bids were always written up very professionally, but they weren't by him. So, but that, again, I was shocked when they asked me for a list of contractors. I don't like giving that out, number one. And secondly, she's wasted two months looking at contractors and getting to bid. When if she'd have just called me, I'd have given her a price right up front within a few days. And then I'd have put it out to bid to three or four contractors that I know are interested in the job. Uh, and she would have had her job started already and be two months further down the road. It was just puzzling to me why anybody in the business would not take full advantage of that. But then look at my dad when he sold his house. I was a real estate appraiser. Do you think he called me ahead of time? Do you think he asked me to review the appraisal? See if there was any glaring errors in it? Nope. No, I did it on my own. I never needed my son to to sell or buy a house in the past, why do I do it now? Uh, maybe because you're 87 years old. <laughs> anyway, anyway, why uh, they just didn't think they should pay a consultant? They don't believe how much, how important a consultant can be to your project. And if they don't believe it, that's we've lost the battle. We will save our clients on the average five to six times our fee, maybe more. So if you're paying us, you're doing a $100,000 project and our fee's $1,000, just the fact that you have us in your corner, it's going to save you five to $10,000. You know, I can't tell you how important that is, but you worry about the $1,000 and spend 10000 If that's what you want to do, it's your money. So anyway, we're going to look at a few frequently asked questions. How many draw inspections can you have on an FHA 203K project? You know, this, is, this has been a misconception for the past 25 years. It wasn't in 1994 to 2000, then somebody with authority misread the guideline, and they were in, a, in charge, and thus started the misconception. Originally, 
when we would do a 203K, the guideline actually, and I talked to the person at HUD one day, we're talking on the phone, and I said, hey, you're redoing the guidelines about 2014. Uh, and I said, can you, since you're up, cleaning up the guideline, can you let everybody know it's okay to have more than five draws on a 203K? And the first words out of her mouth blew me away. She says, no, uh, there can only be five draws on a 203K. And I said, okay, well, I just finished the 13th draw on a 203K, and I'm on number eight on about eight projects and seven on about 14 projects. So how do you, how do you stop somebody from getting more draws? If the job isn't done with the fifth draw, you know, what are you, what are you supposed to do? Just wrap it up and sit at home and not finish the job? Well, of course not. What it turns out they meant was you can only build five draws into the loan. You may very well need six or eight or ten draws, and that's okay. But we're not going to loan you the money to do those. If there's money in the contingency, quite often they'll let you use that. But the guideline originally said they had to bring you cash at that time of the draw, so they couldn't give you a hot check. Uh, they've taken that out, the guideline now. They just don't mention it. But if you have a sixth or seventh draw and there's money in the contingency, you can do a change order. But you can also charge $100 to write the change order. So instead of the draw, you're going to get draw plus $100. And that's a shame. That's too bad. But in the original guideline, I asked the uh, the person from HUD, who's uh, high up in the chain of command, actually. I asked her, "What uh, can you tell me in the guideline where it says you can have a maximum of five draws? And I don't know exactly where in the guideline, so I told her what page it was on. <coughs> Excuse me. What page it was on, and... Uh, she said, oh, there it is, right there. No more than five draws are allowed. And I said, okay. <laughs> Can you start reading that same sentence from the beginning of the sentence? I mean, where did you learn to read when you start in the middle of the sentence? Well, they start to learn to read in the middle of the sentence when it proves their point. But the first half of that sentence said, on a project of $10,000 in construction cost, comma, no more than five draws are allowed. That's what it said in the original guideline. So if I have a project of 400000 in construction, I most certainly can and will have more than five draws. We did one just recently at about $545,000, and it took 13 draws. We don't just have five draws. What they're saying is they will only let you build five draws into the financing of the loan. That means the sixth draw through the 13th are going to have to be paid, collected in cash at the time of the inspection. Now, if you have a report with the client, you can take their checks or, or the contractor. He's not going to get any more work headed his way if he, uh, if he screws you or tries to screw you out of a draw. But many projects will have six to eight draw inspections. Many. Yeah. I had one contractor once, though, I, uh, he asked me, he said, I need 10 draws, 30000 each. It's a $300,000 project, and I want everybody to know that every uh, 
two, three weeks, I want to draw for $30,000, and I need 10 draws. The lender would not allow him to do that. He said, no, we can only build five into the loan. And he wouldn't believe me when I said, hey, you know, we'll give you the 10, no problem. If you're doing a draw, a draw every two weeks and for 30000 we'll do it. You're just going to have to pay me for my time and effort uh, from the sixth one on. He was afraid to do that. The homeowner just said, you know what, screw this program. I'm not interested. I'll just pay cash. And he hired the contractor, and they did it every 30 days or two weeks. Every time he had a draw, he'd just hand him a check for $30,000. The homeowner had the money to build his house or to do his renovation all in his own. He didn't need a lender or a loan. But it just blew me away that nobody would believe that you could have more than five after they showed him this spot in the guideline. But I assure you, you can have more than five. You just can't build more than five into the loan. So, oh, in any case, HUD is always right. And under the new guideline, they now say there can only be five draws, uh, but it isn't what they mean. They're only going to finance five. I don't know why they don't just say it that way. Uh, they're confusing, but that's part of what HUD is about, making difficult to understand. If additional draws would be completed, they can be paid for by the borrower or the homeowner, by the borrower, homeowner, or the contractor. Some lenders will allow a change order uh, to be paid from the contingency reserve. So the answer to the question is that only five draw inspections are allowed to be financed into the loan. Now we're getting into a fun one. I'm a nonprofit organization. Can I use the Good Neighbor Next Door program? Well, yes and no. Nonprofits are a wonderful way to regenerate or gentrif regentrification of neighborhoods. Um, it it's just makes a lot of sense. I used to go into churches in the area of Oakland, California, and I would talk to the people at the church whose church maybe looked a little run down, and the houses on either side of it looked run down, and I would explain to the elders of that church Usually they'd have me come over one evening in the week, during the week, and sit down and explain the program to them. And I'd say, you probably have some general contractors that go to your church. And quite often, yeah, we do. You know, we do have some. I said, well, you'd be providing work for some general contractors that go to your church. You'd be fixing up houses in your neighborhood. You can buy some of these houses at, from HUD directly, HUD foreclosures, at 50% discount, some as low as $100 down payment for nonprofits. You get the first look at all foreclosures in your area. So let's say you bought a house that was listed at 200000 You were able to buy it for 100000 and fix it up for $25,000. you have created jobs in your neighborhood. You've the face of your neighborhood is going to get prettier. And you can take that house. You can't sell it for more than a 10% profit margin. So if you bought it for 100000 you can't sell it for more than 110 plus uh, your expenses, you know, if you've had somebody go out and look at it every day, uh, or guard or something like that. So you can add those expenses in there too. But now you're going to sell a $200,000 house all fixed up for 120000 so you're actually creating affordable housing in your own neighborhood. So, okay.
Mark, I see Doug's waving at me. Uh, call us at 888-627-6008, toll-free, and be part of the show. We'll be right back, so stay tuned. We moved into our new home knowing it had faults when we discovered more damage than anticipated. Then we heard about the renovation loan that would allow us to refinance the loan and get the money to make those repairs all in one, one low-interest loan. What a great idea.
zoning would allow a separate meter of gas and electric, then it very well could be treated as a duplex. And duplexes have greater loan amounts, okay? So you, right now in Oakland, for instance, you could get up to, what is it, 729000 I think, uh, loan amount for a single-family house, but for a duplex, I think it goes to 900 You pick up another couple hundred thousand on the loan. Uh, anyway, the next frequently asked question was about our foundation. Can we do any foundation work uh, on our house? I mean, the, part of the foundation has failed and it needs to be repaired. Or is that outside the guideline for 203K? Well, no, it's not outside it at all. If you've got a foundation issue, they can always be problematic, but you need to have an engineer involved. Uh, maybe a couple of them. You might need a soils engineer and a uh, structural engineer. It just uh, depends on the situation. I know we had one in Walnut Creek, California, years ago. And when we got out to the house, there was, on part of the lot, was uh, slumping. The, it almost looked like lava flowing in the backyard. They had some of that up front, but somebody had gone in there engineering and put a bunch of I-beams right on the corner in front of the house to stop that land from moving. And they had done very well, so this slumping that was handed, the flowing, the molten, the, the, the ground gets so saturated that they... The earth on top just starts flowing, rolling, and you know, finding its way towards the street. And the lender was all panicked and was all worried because they saw that. Well, I had to put that in my report. I had to identify the issues, and that kind of made them back off. But uh, then we had the engineering from when they did the repair in the first place around the house, and that uh, same solution could be done in the backyard. But it was, uh, it's kind of scary when you're buying a house and you can see this liquefaction going on. Uh, and it wasn't, uh, it's not a pretty picture. We had another one in the Oakland Hills where the trees on the top of the hill, the entire tree was coming towards the house, which was below. And the, the earth was moving towards the house and the house then was moving towards the street on this hill. Um, and they couldn't sell this house. So we got up there, and they had a retaining wall three feet from the back of the house, and the training, retaining wall had already started falling over, and now there was barely enough room to skinny through there. I don't know why you'd want to go through there, but uh, but we could see that the trees on the top of the hill were falling, so the earth is actually flowing down and taking the trees and, and causing them to lay over and they will eventually lay flat unless we put in some interim uh, retaining walls to try to stop that. We had one house in Oakland Hills that had the same problem. It had four or five failed retaining walls up the hill behind it. And in a year and a half, Wells Fargo had not taken one offer on that house. So they called us out and ask us to look and I said okay I want any and all reports you have if you've had any home inspection reports any engineering done anything like that I want to see those reports oh no sir we don't have anything we don't have anything like that uh, we do know that the city said that the 
room addition on the back of the house had to be made legal, that it was built without permits. Okay, do you have that in writing? Yes, well, it was more than that. They had to tear it down and then get permits to build it back. So it's not just as simple as it's illegal and we got to make it legal. It's illegal, it's got to be removed, and then we got to go through the permit process, and you may not get an okay to put that back. Uh, anyway, so I get up there, and I'm looking at all these failed retaining walls. I see the trees are coming over, so we know we got liquefaction happening. I figured, okay, we got to put a retaining wall here, there, another one here. So I came in, and for $350, I think that's what we charged for that, feasibility analysis, I get a call from Wells Fargo, and I said, oh, my God, you are good. I said, what do you mean? Well, we had an engineer look at that thing, and it cost us $1,500 for his report. You gave us exactly the same information for $350. I said, you have a report from an engineer? Yeah. I said, well, I was told you didn't have one. Well, we want to see what you do on your own. I said, That's, you can't buy the product anymore. I won't, I won't deal with you. And it took them six months to pay me. They sold the house, by the way, the next day. With that information as to what it's going to take the cost to fix it, they were able to get a, a contract signed the next day after my report was put in the house. So they got very good value for what we had and then turned around and stiffed me for six months and made me call them several times. Uh, to get paid. You know, I don't want to be a bill collector. Pay your bills on time. I'm a nasty bill collector. <laughs> anyway, so foundation work is, is very much within the scope of the FHA 203K. Uh, there's there's no way to get around it. Foundation, if you don't have a good foundation, you don't have a good house. So you might as well. One time I had an engineering contractor that I was training to be a consultant on my staff. I mean, he worked for me in my offices uh, on two or three Ks. And we were walking through this home together. And we noticed a crack in the wall that went from the floor on one side of the room to the ceiling behind us as we were looking out the window. And on the, uh, on the other side of the room, it had another crack that matched it. I said, look at this. We got a grading issue on the outside of this wall. And We've got to fix it. We've got to find out what's causing it and fix it. His reaction was so strange to me. He told me that there is no way in hell you can actually make that assumption for a while. And we walked outside to take a look, and what we found was a gutter that ran along approximately 98 feet along the back of the house, and it was catching the rainwater off the roof. And one downspout stalled directly over this middle of this large window, with no, actually no downspout, just had a drop outlet. So all the water coming there would congregate in the middle of the house over this dining room and we had dug a hole where it hit outside that wall. So I was absolutely right. We did have a grading issue out here, but it was a big man-made grading issue. He got his coveralls on and climbed under that house and walked all around it and came back. Um, he said, if I hadn't seen it, I wouldn't believe it. He said, I... There's no way you could have told that, but, but you did. You nailed it exactly right. So we ended up jacking that foundation back up where it should be and putting a couple of dead men underneath it, you know, some pieces of concrete. Uh, I think it was about four foot wide, two feet on each side. 
and poured concrete in there to, to maintain that. Uh, that was the solution that we had. But pure push piers or ram jacks, they're called. Um, they're they're good when the foundation has got no cracks and so forth. It's just kind of bowed in that case. Uh, but there was no cracks, no defection or uh, separation in the foundation at all. So we were able to fix it pretty easily. Uh, one of the companies I always send people to is EagleLifting.com. Uh, another one is Ramjack.com, but they've got videos on there shows you what they do. So it, it's well worth getting on there and just educating yourself. Uh, we use them many times over the years, and they're usually about 20% of the cost of, of jacking the house up, removing a foundation, and putting it back if you can repair it. Uh, and then they they warrant it for 30 years not to move more than an eighth of an inch or something like that. Example two, let's see, most foundation issues are minor cracks that merely need to be monitored and addressed to keep them from getting any worse. Foundation cracks, a foundation's crack, that's a fact, they just crack. Uh, if there's no separation, deflection, or rotation, then they're probably a known repairs needed. Just stop the, the thing that's causing it. It's likely a grading issue, so grade properly and maintain that grade. I know my brother had a Labrador retriever that found it. She could turn the water on. <laughs> and she would. And she just needed a drip. That's all she did. And she'd lay, she'd dig a hole underneath that and let that puddle there. And she'd just lay in that puddle. Every time he walked her down the street to the neighbor's house, she'd see that swim pool. She'd jump right in it. But she wanted to be, she was clearly a water dog, and she wanted every part of that water she could get. So, where are we here? Oh, my. Let's see. Anyway, I see we're backed up against the clock again, so we're going to take our final break of the day. Uh, call us at 888-627-6008. Toll free. Be part of the show. When we come back, be ready. And we'll be right back after this last break. I thought we would get a construction loan to fix our home, but they wanted 4 points and 9% interest. And if we didn't get the job finished within six months, they wanted more points. Then we heard about the FHA 203K program, where we could refinance our home and get the additional money to make those repairs all in one low-interest loan. What a great idea. Welcome back. We're back with you. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to be part of the show, you can call us. It's 888-627-6008. I'd love to hear from you. Um, I have a ball with this show. I have a ball with 203K altogether. It's uh, it's an amazing product. Uh, I don't know how we live without it as long as we did. I can tell you, if I ask uh, 100 realtors, and you notice I said realtor, not a real autor. But if you ask 100 realtors just when the 203K started, 99 of them or 98 of them will probably say, oh, 2005? Well, actually, no. How about 1961? I 
I've actually run in over the years, run into several people who've done 203Ks back in the 1970s and 1980s. And the funny thing was that they had no trouble. They were smooth transactions that went, sailed right through, we got the work done, and everything was cool. Uh, they didn't have consultants in those days. Consultants didn't come on until 1994. Uh, 1994, consultants were created. 2005, something did happen. 2005 is when the limited or streamlined at that time, streamlined 203K, uh, they got rid of that name in 2014. It's now the limited 203K. So it's not to confuse it with a streamlined, FHA streamlined refinance. So to keep it 203K, it's the limited 203K, which is supposedly up to 35000 in certain areas now, you can go up to 50000 on a limited 203K. Uh, HUD let it out of the bag to us consultants some time ago that 98% of the problem 203Ks that exist are limited or streamlined 203Ks. So why would you increase the dollar amount? Um, we got a, I saw on a blog post the other day that some lender is requiring a individual draws for each uh, contractor type on the on the project so if he's doing a roof and some plumbing and electric he wants a draw for the plumber the electrician and a separate draw for the for the plumber so uh, they're just making it harder and harder for us all the time I think they're trying to make to get us to go away <laughs> that isn't going to happen our value of our products are um, fantastic. I mean, there's a great value to what we do. Let's see. I was going to say, nearly every home that we inspect has grading issues these days. Such a simple thing to correct if if you know it. When you buy a house, look at the grading. Make sure the water goes away from the foundation and doesn't puddle up next to your foundation. And if you're putting in a sprinkler system, Put it in close to the house and let it sprinkle away from the house so any overspray goes out to your lawn. I hate sprinkler systems that people put in that they put out about 18 inches from the house and squirt it back toward the house onto their siding. And if they've got T111 siding, it's going to rot it out. And you'll end up replacing the bottom portion of that where that water hits it all the time uh, in a couple of years. I mean, it can really be bad especially if they've driven the nails in too far. Uh, you're not supposed to drive the nails in so that they damage the siding. They're supposed to pull them in until they touch the siding, but not beyond that. Um, anyway, see. Oh, in North Carolina, I was doing a foundation issue there. Um, they're not all easy to uh, solve, but some of them are. But I had an... Um, in North Carolina, we had the room was boarded off to keep you from getting into that room when I was trying to make my inspection, but it was just, uh, excuse me, it was taped off. It had a board across the bottom half, but it was just taped across the top half. And you could see the far end of the room, the, the flooring had dropped, the carpet and everything. The, the entire floor had dropped about a foot. Well, when I got under there, what had happened was... Um, they had some dry rot on the ends of these floor joists. And as it started rotting, the floor joists were then able to drop down a little inside the ledger, and, and it literally acted like a fulcrum and was pushing the wall out. Uh, 
didn't feel happy underneath that house because, you know, an earthquake or something, and I didn't know if, at that time if North Carolina had earthquakes, but I definitely wouldn't want to be under this house during an earthquake. But what we ended up having to do was to, uh, we ended up taking that floor out because a lot of it had been damaged. So, And then put a new floor joist properly and then put a new floor in that room to fix that problem. But the foundation wasn't, it was ruined by the, by the floor joist. It wasn't ruined any other way. It wasn't failing other than where it had been pushed out by this floor joist as they rotted and started sliding down. But the entire floor structure in that room had failed. There was snow on the ground outside, so we weren't able to identify the issues outside if there was any grading issues or anything. It's just really hard to tell when you got six inches of snow on the ground. What we did see from underneath was that the floor joists had been eaten away, and the ends were uh, that set on the mud sill just slid down. And I don't remember now if it was a, a carpenter ants or termites, but it was pretty thorough. The way the floor system installed uh, was installed, two adjacent walls had the same issue, which isn't common also. The floor joists run in one direction. This might not have happened. But in this case, uh, we had some wood-destroying organisms, too, that did quite a job. The foundation hadn't given up at all. Uh, hillside, let's see, we had an example four here. Hillside foundation failures. Uh, we were called out to look at a house in the Oakland Hills that backed to a steep downslope. It was very clear that the foundation had failed, and you could see it. Uh, I don't think that we ever saw so much concrete that these people... And it was all broken up at the rear of this house. It just, I don't know why it was failing like that. It was not a grading issue. But what their solution was was to just pour concrete. They dug out around the foundation. They didn't tie it in with steel. They just poured a bunch of concrete there, thinking that that somehow is going to hold that in. That's why you need an engineer to look at that. That engineer is going to tell you just how far down to put those piers. Uh, and you're going to put steel in those piers, and you're going to fill them up with concrete. Uh, give us some legs to stand on, the legs that go down past any uh, slumping potential or self-growth. Some handyman homeowner, uh, some handyman homeowner might have thought he was in, if he installed a lot of concrete, it would be a good thing. Well, not. The engineer will provide drawings for exactly what you need to do, and he takes responsibility for it. What I found right now, because engineers are so darn busy and lots of work, is they're over-engineering everything. Uh, I got so angry with one that I hired for my house. I said, now look, I'm in the business. Don't give me the crap. Here's what you need. Well, she came back. Instead of 4 by 4 she wanted 6 by 6s And she wanted them set 3.5 feet down and 24-inch round uh, piers. Uh, just galls me when they when they over engineer at your expense you know they're doing it to save their insurance but uh, anyway the El Cerrito Hills was example five you had a San Francisco skyline Golden Gate Bridge views home uh, had a deep downslope to the rear rear deck had failed and was unsafe to use the uprights that held the deck the deck were about 20 to 25 feet high and a couple of the 12 inch round footings had failed. 
So the deck was clearly unsafe. So we ended up creating another bedroom in the basement area. You had plenty of room for that. And fix those piers. Uh, piers were increased to four foot by four foot by four foot deep piers. And the result was the purchase was 600000 renovation 400000 and the value completed was over $2 million. Anyway, thanks for being with us today. It looks like we run out of time. Join us next week on Sunday between 1 and 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Enjoy the Super Bowl later today. I guess we've got about an hour and a half before that takes off. Uh, we'll be watching it with you. So for now, we'll see you next time. Please bring your questions and plan on calling the program. And until then, may God bless you. Tune in every Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to BBS Radio Station 1 and learn more about making home renovations possible, profitable, and hassle-free. Isn't it time you learned how to make money doing something you love? Visit 203konline.com now and let's get your home makeover projects done right. Right.